Hello, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM, the official podcast of Monsters.Rent. My name is Tanner Wayland, and I'm here with Justin. Say hi, Justin. Hi, how's it going? Oh, man, so good, so good. How are you? I am recovering from moving, which is the worst. So uh, I'm actually doing pretty good, though. What about you? Good. Yeah. You know, it's uh, my wife and I are trying to get back to the gym, which, of course, is its own bag of of uh, of stuff. You know, you go, you're like, oh, there's so many people. I feel so self-conscious, but it's been good. Um, so we got back from that uh, today. But yeah, excited for that because uh, we used to be really into it. And then we moved last year and <laughs> we just haven't been, you know. <laughs> for a whole year uh but yeah we're doing better now with that so excited about that and i'm more excited to talk about our topic today which is conditions uh, specifically i'm thinking like uh conditions that affect the status of the player like exhausted petrification prone poisoned things like that uh justin tell me uh what has your experience been either as a dm or a player in regards to conditions like have they been a positive a negative or or something not even worth mentioning for you uh i i think it, they've been sort of both naturally when you're a player uh, if a condition is uh, foisted upon you it's generally a bad thing right there are yeah. few good conditions um, as a DM, mm -hmm. my experience with conditions has really mostly been in combat. So I'm really excited today to talk about possibly ways that conditions can be expanded upon in combat and possibly outside of combat. Uh, agreed, because I, I think that's a real issue, right? Where uh, when a condition is done for the DM, it's just another you know plate to spin and for the players it's usually like against them because frankly i think we can agree on this a lot of time players have seen that it's not worth specking in in the ability to cause conditions that's not always true but i do find that a lot of players are like oh if it's an enemy we can kill pretty quickly it's not worth you know blinding them or something and if it's a big boss chances are their resistances are too high or something you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you you definitely. This is really going into the mechanics of gameplay, and this is probably, I would say, as DMs, you're probably either good with the story aspect or the mechanical aspect, or if you're a lucky mm -hmm. DM, you're you're good with both. And this is definitely more commonly used with the mechanical aspects of of D and D where you have to, you know, I, I saw on a TikTok the other day where you look at your player character sheets and understand what they're going to use. And then you create monsters that would uh, challenge them, but also be excellent opportunities for them to use certain things. So, for example, you know, uh, like in the case that you just said, someone who needs to be blinded, it would be a good idea if you have a character who can use spells to blind to maybe put something mm -hmm. in there that blinding them would be a really, really good idea, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, because there's going to be 
You know, I, I think if you open yourself up to, you know, using these more and more creatively, then you're, and we'll get to this later, then you're going to find that combats are more interesting and role playing and the consequences from combat are going to be a lot more interesting too. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like to just quickly mention the sponsor of this episode, Magic Mind. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a second, but we really love uh, this little potion that's just like a shot of energy in the morning. Uh, for me, it really, <laughs> it's weird because it's so small, but it really does give me that kind of kick in the pants that I need to, to start out well instead of just kind of dragging my feet uh, when I get to work, you know? Absolutely. Speaking of conditions, there are two conditions that I think in real life we've all, well, maybe three, <laughs> uh, we've all sort of dealt with. First of all, exhaustion, right? That's a condition we'll be talking about later. Yep. And in D&D, it's very severe. Magic Mind is great for exhaustion with a lot of really helpful ingredients, including ashwagandha, lion's mane mushrooms, uh, and, you know, it's full of adaptogens and really helpful ingredients. More than that, they actually have this awesome deal going on. So first of all, if you want Magic Mind, uh, you can go to Sprouts, Farmer's Markets, anywhere and get them. But the better place to get them, uh, and I might be a little biased, in fact I am, but the best place to get them would be to go to magicmind.com slash jan, that's J-A-N, Better DM B E T T E R D M. So magicmind.com slash Jan Better DM and then use our code Better DM20. It's like giving us a little bit of extra credit if you do that. So we really appreciate it. But doing that gets you either 56% off of your first subscription or 20% off of your first one time purchase. So uh, th that's a great deal in and of itself, but in the month of January, 2024, while we're recording this, so this will come out on the 25th, you have six days left. You can get an extra 20% off, meaning on a three month subscription, you get the first month free, right? So, th so that can be almost up to 75% off just with these deals. And it only lasts for the rest of January. Again, better uh, magicmind.com slash Jan, better DM, better DM20 at checkout. Uh, but, but the other two conditions that this helps with is slowed. So if you're slowed in D&D, you can only do one action or a reaction. Casting spells takes twice as long, essentially. You can't, you can't run. Magic Mind does the opposite. So you essentially get hasted where you can take two actions. You can move twice as fast and, and, and things just are so much better. So don't be slowed, be hasted. Go get Magic Mind, magicmind.com slash Jan, better DM. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Magic Mind. Uh, and now to continue with our <laughs> talk about conditions, like I really want to dive into the ways that they could be utilized better. Uh, because uh, let's take exhaustion. When was the last time that you used exhaustion like against your party or or with any campaign that you've been in? Honestly, it's been a very long time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I say very long time probably because I don't actually remember. I, I'm, I think I might have used it within the last six months, but 
they probably only gained one level of exhaustion, which is still something, but also in the context of what they were doing, not very much. And personally, I think my issue is I'm sort of afraid of the consequences myself, right? Yes. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about needing to understand the mechanics because when you when you when you tell a player that they have a point of exhaustion and then you throw them into a combat encounter that could seriously they're at risk of dying right just just because yeah. their roles are going to be so hampered yeah and and that's that's kind of what it that's what keeps a lot of dms from from approaching or utilizing exhaustion. I think it's that, you know, just like, oh my goodness, this is kind of big. But then also it's the fact that I think most DMs think, oh, this is mostly going to happen if they stay awake longer than 24 hours. And how often does that happen? Like, frankly, (laughs) there's usually enough going on in the story that they're having multiple combats like in a row or just like in a day and so they're just begging to have a long rest by the end of it so that they can get you know there's there's everything back right <laughs> and so if you think of it kind of within that box it's exhaustion feels limiting it feels like it's unlikely to happen but think about it from from the terms of like an adventure right when would you be exhausted it would be when you're going through really extreme weather conditions or something that's physically or mentally you know hard on the players or taxing so think about this your players are on kind of a more an expedition type like campaign where they're traveling you know through jungles forests things like that uh, those are perfect times to uh, to have them get the exa- exhausted condition and and uh, if you don't know uh, exhaustion has six levels. At the first level, you know you get disadvantage on ability checks. Second, speed halved. Third, disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Fourth, hit point maximum halved. Fifth, speed reduced to zero, so they basically can't move. And then sixth, death. So that's where like it can get really serious very quickly because the first one's like, oh, disadvantage on ability checks, that sucks. Two, speed halved. Okay, you can still make it work. After that, that's it's kind of a lot, and but it's kind of a really cool mechanic because think about it, you know, if your players are kind of going through this journey and, you know, you're like, oh, you're in a really cold, you're on a cold tundra, and the winds, you know, biting at them, and you know, roll, uh, roll Constitution saving throw to see if you you do okay, and and basically it's like oh it gets harder the longer they're out there and then they start failing and some players are doing worse than others you know like the uh the mages who don't have much constitution they're over there just you know they're walking at half speed whereas the uh the barbarian and everyone else is doing pretty good that's a great storytelling opportunity and they haven't fought a single monster right and then if you do throw in like a combat then that you know kind of ups everything you know the the stakes and i think that's just a great thing and it doesn't even have to be when they're on an expedition think about if they were in a city and they were you know they were supposed to go through the sewers and kind of wade through the sewer water to find you know a missing girl or something right wouldn't that be a great time to be like okay 
roll constitution saving throw because they're wading through like this stuff they've got um you know it's really dark kind of rough conditions and they didn't have to be out in the wilderness it was right underneath their feet you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely uh i love the picture you've painted um if you need a great example of this situation you can think back if you haven't had a chance uh critical roles second campaign spoiler alert there's a part where uh the the mighty nine are basically they find themselves in a tundra situation so really really cold and they gain levels of exhaustion because they're traveling through this cold situation uh they're they're stepping through deep snow that's a really great example Uh, but i really love the picture tanner painted you know if you need to think about this in simpler terms maybe you can think of oregon trail right the 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 video game that we all played (laughs) in computer class uh, when we were younger or uh you know the donner party like these these people are real life examples of having to essentially deal with levels of exhaustion, right? Even up to the point of death. Now, another alternative rule that you might be interested in using, and I am I sort of just came up with this, and I, I don't know if this would be a good idea, but uh, allowing spellcasters to cast two spells in one turn in exchange for receiving a point of exhaustion. And, oh. you know, you might play with that a little bit, depending on the spell level or whatnot. Uh, and obviously who they're fighting, but uh, that might be an interesting way to basically be like, yeah, you can definitely cast another spell. It's going to cost you this much. And, you know, you're actually going to feel the effects because now, you know, their roles are going to be at disadvantage and then soon their speed's going to be halved and things like that. But that, that might be another interesting way to add more exhaustion into combat itself. Yeah, I love that, especially where, you know, if you want to homebrew a few things, then, I mean, not only spellcasters, but it's like, okay, uh, let's have, you know, the the melee characters, uh, they can make maybe, you know, two, maybe even three actions, you know, in in uh, in a turn, but they're going to increase the thing of uh, a level of exhaustion. And while that might feel like, oh, that's broken, it's like, well, they need to have a long rest to get rid of that. So that means until they have that next long rest, they they get disadvantaged on their ability checks. You know, that's that's a rough time. Uh, so play around with that. I don't want to spend all of our time on exhaust, exhaustion, but I think it's a classic example of, you know, of DMs feeling like it's just not practical when it could have so much story implications, you know, and I just love it. Um, but let's move on to some of the other ones like poison. Uh, if you're poisoned, that that's a common condition, right? You're fighting some spiders in the forest. Uh, they start singing and they take, and you take not only the normal damage, but also some point poison damage. Uh, I think that this one, you could really stand to do a lot more homebrew with it, right? Where, where it's like, okay, yeah, they're poisoned, but it's not just adding points of damage, right? It's like, oh, it's poisoned, but the effect is every this many hours, uh, you know, they take a, a temporary point of condition damage, right? Where like, it, there's a lot of different effects that poison can have in real life. And we should let that actually show, you know, when someone becomes poisoned. 
So that that's kind of my two cents on that, where it's like, okay, make the what happens, play around with it. Don't always make it just straight damage that happens every you know every six seconds, uh, but also make it have interesting effects and and also interesting cures, right? Because if you have that kind of situation where it's like, oh, this poison isn't going away, but also you don't have to solve it immediately because it's not going to kill you in a minute, then that gives your party a chance to, you know, the, it gives the chance for the ranger to have an Aragorn moment and be like, okay, I'm going to use roll nature and see if I can find these herbs that will heal it, right? Or, or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will say uh, around herbs is... Well, first of all, with poisons as a whole, you need to kind of make the punishment fit the crime. And that's the weirdest way of saying, make sure the poison fits the level the characters are at. So if they're higher level, then if the poison is really going to like impact them at all, it should probably be kind of quest worthy. Whereas if they're lower level, yeah. it makes sense for them to get bit by, you know, just, you know, a lower level spider and have to find an herb in the same forest they're in to fix it, right? Because it's going to be a little bit yes. harder for them. Also on that note, play around with the location of the antidote relative to the location of the poison or venom, I guess, technically speaking. In d, &D it's yes. the same thing, but, um, you, you know, you might put the antidote in the same forest or you might put it somewhere else. If you put it somewhere else, have the presence of mind to make sure that the effects of the poison don't outright yeah. kill them before they have a chance to get the antidote, right? Like Tana was saying, you know, make it pressing, yeah. but not pressing to the point that they die. Last thing I'd say is in real life, uh, poisons, they sort of kind of overcome your body, right? And, and Lord of the Rings is a great example. Frodo descends more and more into becoming a wraith, right? Because he was poisoned. <clears throat> At first, you know, his effects, his symptoms were not as severe. So if you're homebrewing it, that might be something you could also play around with. You know, however long it takes, their symptoms start to become more severe because the poison is reaching different parts of the body. <clears throat> yeah, and I think there's, just to speak also to the effects, there's some effects that's like, hey, you could totally have so much fun with this like think about it does a barbarian need you know uh do they need charisma not really but imagine if they got poisoned with something that kind of eats away at their flesh or at least just models it like like it makes it mottled mm -hmm. where they just look bad and so like over time day by day their looks are looking worse and they need that kind of antidote and and they don't know where it is and that's a great story thing where oh they got to do this whole thing like this is built into the character now where they're looking physically worse and that becomes something that other players can mention and NPCs and especially if like the player described them initially as like handsome that'd be hilarious you know but like also like kind of growing like character arc for them to be like hey this thing you were proud of you got to get this poison you know cured and, and it doesn't affect their gameplay at all unless of course they were rolling a bunch of you know persuasion or or intimidation type checks right but either way um i, I think that i think that you got to play around with it look at the interesting story arcs that can come from it and then 
uh, make your uh, effects uh, according to that. Uh, one thing, you know, kind of going to another one, petrification. I don't think you should use this that often, but I think that when you do use it, you could use it kind of interestingly. Uh, for example, you know, typically when it happens, it happens to the whole body. The player is unable to see, unable to speak. Uh, uh, essentially, the character is out, out, right? And it's usually temporary because when it's permanent, you have to do, you have to go to pretty extreme lengths uh, to get rid of it. I, I believe it's a greater restoration spell to remove it. But but think about if you were like, okay, maybe he's not fully petrified. Maybe uh, maybe he's you know an archer, and his. Uh, and his leg is petrified. It's like, yeah, that doesn't ruin things, but he's not moving. You know, he's certainly not uh, going around unless, of course, like he's hobbling almost like he has a peg leg. And, and I think that you could almost play with that where petrification doesn't have to be the whole body. and it Or it could be most of the body, but like leave the head un, unpetrified. And then the party has to carry them around, you know, until they find someone. Either way, I think that you could play around with this a lot better and have better experiences with it. Absolutely. I would just add uh, to petrification. Uh, that's exactly right. You don't have to do, you don't have to go all the way. You know, you could even do a single limb and they might have to learn how to fight using strength rather than dexterity because now they have a club for a hand instead of, you know, a working hand. Uh, I actually had this happen in my homebrew campaign uh, where the party went up against a Medusa, essentially, and wouldn't you know it, two people in the party were petrified. And, you know, like Tanner said, normally it would just require a greater restoration spell, which you could theoretically just go find a cleric and bada bing bada boom. So it could be as hard or as difficult as you want. In my homebrew campaign, I decided to make it a full quest. They had to go find something specific that could fuel a spell powerful enough to unpetrify them and they only found one so they had to make a choice which player which which person are we going to bring back uh and and you know that was kind of a whole fun arc i got to introduce this whole you know robotic dwarf thing anyways um so really with even petrification and other things play around with the permanence of the condition and what it takes to heal the condition. And also be cognizant of what your players are willing to do, right? So if you can sense that they're, they've been kind of going on side quests for a while, they want to get back to the main quest, I wouldn't do a, a permanent you know, thing unless you get the feeling that they're willing to live with it for a while. And you can make it, maybe make the effects a little bit lower, but still somewhat annoying. Anyways, just play with the permanence and see how that changes the story as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that that's a great place to end for now. We'll, we'll have to do a follow-up episode because uh, there's a lot of other statuses and conditions and we really want to uh, to kind of dive into how each one provides a different types of, of storytelling opportunity. Uh, but for now, uh, you know, Justin, any final thoughts on conditions? Um, I hope that your condition listener is tip top and 100%. Uh, you know, I, I think we say this a lot, but we don't say it enough. <laughs> uh, we are very grateful to you, the listener for your support. 
whether you're driving to work right now, working out in the gym, doing dishes, whatever you're doing, it means so much that you've been willing enough to put us in your ears and let us talk for a bit. Uh, it's just kind of this magical thing. It connects us over time and space. So thank you so much. And again, I hope your condition is as good as it can be and that every game you play is even better than the last. Well, I couldn't see I couldn't say it any better than that. So <laughs> uh, we're going to sign off and let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.